Jesus, we thank you that in Him we are chosen, we, we are blessed, we are forgiven, we are anointed, we are your points. We thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit that is actively working in us. We thank you that we enjoy your generosity. We pray and may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen. We thank God for this opportunity. We thank God to see another day, another 24 hours, that we might work the works of him who has sent us while it is day, because the night season of our life is approaching where we will not be able to work. When we read on the book of Esther, and I'm encouraging you that you can always feel free, do a personal study on your own, and share with us or share with a friend, or have a discussion with a friend. We are believing God that you will learn more so we should have begun a new series tonight, but during the course of the week, I had a discussion with people, it was a church discussion, and that one led me to tonight's episode. So it was a youth meeting and we were discussing things, and I realized that whenever somebody tries to bring up a biblical solution to things, some people's countenances change, like, ah. We are talking real things. I are going to quote the Bible. The Bible will be here. <laughs> we believe mentally, but we do not allow to influence our decisions. And I remember I've said this on the podcast before. That's why sometimes we don't experience what Paul calls the comfort of Scripture. Because we seem to find a, a, a blockade between the lives we live and the reality. But deep down in their hearts, they don't believe a word because they just feel like all that we are saying is theory. So as we're having this discussion, one of the scriptures, um, God or the Holy Spirit reminded me of the scripture. And that's what we want to look at for tonight's study. So tonight's study is titled, Jesus, Our High Priest. Jesus, Our High Priest. And of course, this can be taken from so many angles. What does it mean? to be our high priest because we know that basically the priest is a mediator between divinity and people. And if we read Hebrews chapter 5, which we'll be looking at, the priest's main duty is to offer sacrifices on his behalf, that's in the Old Testament, and on the behalf of the people. But that's not what we are looking at. We are not looking at the role of Jesus as our high priest, but we are looking at what qualified him to be our high priest. We are not, for tonight's study, we are not concerned on what he does as a high priest, but what qualified Jesus to be a high priest. So you can get your Bibles or notebooks and let's look at this interesting study. Hebrews chapter 4. The book of Hebrews at a point was my most, it was my favorite book in the Bible. And I think it is still my favorite book because the book is just so sweet. And sometimes looking at the revelation locked up in Hebrews, it's it's very hard to believe that it was not Paul who wrote it. It was Paul is known to be the apostle of revelation and wisdom. 
But the main thing that disqualifies Paul from being accredited with this book is the manner of writing. Everybody has a diction. And it's when I started doing the podcast, there are some words I use almost every time I use some words. Everybody has a certain choice of words, a particular way they present themselves, sometimes consciously or unconsciously. And if you look at the book of Hebrews as compared to all the other books Paul wrote, you realize that it doesn't sound like Paul, even though the information sounds like him. And there was a theory that it was Timothy who wrote it because it's obvious that Timothy must have learned from Paul. But then if you read the last chapter and the concluding verse of the last chapter, you will see the writer making mention of the fact that Timothy is in prison and we are praying that he come and visit them. So obviously it disqualifies Timothy. So me personally, one of the strong candidates um, for the writer of the book of Hebrews might be, might be the Apostle Luke. Might be the Apostle Luke. Why? Because um, his association with Paul and, and Luke, you know, Luke was the one who wrote the book of Acts. So some believe that the information is that Paul might be associated with So Hebrews 4, verse 14, and I read, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into the heavens, so the day that the father told the word that you are my son and I am your father, <laughs> That was the same, that was the day that he demoted himself. That is the word. Remember in Philippians 5, even though he was in the very nature as God, he took upon himself. But that's what we are talking about. So we want to look at Jesus, our high priest. And I don't want to focus, as I said, on his role as a high priest. And we know that basically we had priests and we had high priests. And the high priest was, his main duty was mainly on the day of atonement, which was the 10th day of the seventh month in every year. And he was to offer sacrifices first on his behalf and on behalf of the people. So now this is the criteria for you to be a high priest. Is that one, you must be from the people or you must be among the people. You can't be somebody who is not associated with the people. You must be from among the people in order to represent the people. That's very important. You must be from the people to represent the people. So I remember one time, I was into one of my spiritual instructors and they were talking about leadership, especially African leadership. And he made a statement that the leadership of Africa or some African countries is simply a reflection of the people in the country because it is not foreigners that we bring to come and rule us. They are we ourselves that we appoint ourselves to become rulers. So in other words, if any of us are made rulers, we will not do anything different from what's happening because the people who are leaders are appointed from among ourselves to become leaders. So in Ghana, we don't want to bring people from Cote d'Ivoire or from Burkina Faso came the corrupt acts. The same Ghanaians who are complaining. So the leadership is simply a reflection of the people. So the quality of leadership is simply a reflection of the quality of the people you have. So also a high priest is taken from among the people. And this is why Jesus could not have been our high priest if he remained as God. So because of what sin happened, God needed to bridge the gap between man and humanity. But the person who needed to be that bridge must be from the people to represent the people. That's why, for example, in Ghana, we do the um, parliamentary system, member of parliament. And I think people, everybody has a kind of system. 
some call it the House of Representation or Congress or however, but they believe that the only way we can get a grassroots representation of the people is to divide the country into either districts or constituencies or localities or whichever way and elect somebody from the people to represent the people. That's why, for example, in Ghana, mostly those who are elected as members of parliament are people who should be known by the people in the constituency. That's generally the idea. But as to whether that happens or somebody comes to pay his way through, it's a question for the gods. So we take somebody from the people to represent the people. So if God needed somebody to bridge the gap between us and himself, a person cannot be on God's party because we are representing us to God, no God to us. Primarily, of course, the duty of a high priest is in two rules. Because you don't just represent us to the people, but you must also hear from God for us. But your first duty is us to the people, us to God, or in a circumstance, us to government, or us to the president, or whoever is in charge. So Jesus needed to become one of us in order to represent us. And this is what many of us are downplaying. So in Hebrews chapter 4, the verse 15, he's letting us know the nature of our high priest. And that's very important. So during this week, when the Holy Spirit showed me this scripture, it just took a new layer, a new fresh, a new breath. Like God was breathing upon me another breath. And listen to what it says. We have already already said, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. The first thing I want us to note is the word empathy. Now, sympathy and empathy are not the same. For sympathy, sympathy is simply sharing in the feelings of others. So, for example, someone has lost a job, someone has lost a loved one, and you are, as Jesus said and Paul said, weep with them that weep or mourn with them that mourn and rejoice with them that rejoice. So you mourning with them that mourn is you having sympathy with the person. You are sharing in the person's feeling. But Jesus did not have sympathy. The word is empathy. Now, what's the difference? Empathy is understanding the feeling of others, which comes from experience. So if somebody has lost a job, in my current state, I can only sympathize with the person. I can only share in the feeling of a person losing his job. But I have never lost my job before. So I cannot understand the pain and the feeling the person is going through. So Jesus as God, omniscience, knowing all things, he could have legislated his role as a high priest from the standpoint of sympathy. Because as God, he knows what it will feel like to be human, to go through have weaknesses, to have the limitations we have. But that would not have been an accurate representation of us. So he decided that I don't want to just sympathize with the people. I want to feel the things we feel. So Jesus did not want to be like those MPs that appear in their locality or their constituency. Just when it's time for an election or time for a funeral or time for a festival, he decided to pitch his tent with the people. So the Bible said, and the word became English multitude of people that Jesus healed, that on that day, nobody preferred him in the whole region, in the whole, in whole of Jerusalem. Nobody preferred him. I remember this person, he knows a job or something, or um, an opportunity to feather or something of that sort. 
then come and see us praying, fasting, sending the person. You know, sometimes when you see those links and scholarship opportunities, you'll be sending to the person, you'll be advising the person, showing so much good concern. And I don't even know when that thing happened. The person has already gone to the UK. The person has done their own thing. He saw her own thing. And the person was in the UK. And I didn't even know. It was when the person needed help again for something. And the person remembered to holler me. So I remember in the course of helping the person, and I tried to call the person. That was when I realized that the number was not going through. But the person was online. So I was ah. How come you're online, but I'm calling you? Have you changed your number? And the person like, oh, I forgot to tell you. I'm in the UK. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> the person has been in the UK for months. And I was in Ghana, still kabooing and kabooing and decreeing and declaring. And the person didn't have the ketsy to do there. If you're afraid, I would, as we say in Ghana, balay you or jujuju. So when you are traveling, you don't need to tell me. At least when you land there, it's, oh, my God, because I got an opportunity. I'm doing my, nothing of a sort. If the person did not need my help again, I wouldn't have heard from the person. And this is not just one person. Countless number of people. Countless number of people. People who are praying for a job. Now they get a job. They're even getting a bigger pay than you. We are not saying, come and give a seat. At least let us know that, oh, this has happened. And the person tells you nothing until another topic arises. And he'll call you, hey, man of God. I say, ah, I have seen all of you. Sometimes I feel so angry. And when I see people like this, now when people are coming, I look at them, too, 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 too. But God said, he reminded me, look at your high priest. Look at the things he did. The woman with the issue of blood, blind Bartimaeus. All these people, where were they? That all these people, everybody chose a criminal. As the police was ministering this to me, I'm like, Charlie, I have no reason to be angry. I have no reason to call them ungrateful. I have absolutely facts. Somebody say my argument has fallen face flat on the floor. Face flat. <laughs> so you see, when you appreciate the comfort or the truth in the scripture, then you become comforted. When you think that you are in a lonely road, look at everything you are experiencing. Our high priest experienced it. And the icing on the cake. There's so much. So please go and take your time. Read the Gospels. Look at the life of Jesus. And you'll be surprised that there is no human emotion that he didn't go through. Loneliness, rejection, betrayal, disappointment, frustration, delay, ungratefulness, ingratitude, jealousy, envy. In fact, the Bible says that and Jesus was delivered because of the envy. If you think people hate you and that's still your promotion, you have not seen envy you. In fact, after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, that was when they went to plan his plot. So you can read it in John chapter 11. After these people have stood there with Jesus, and God knew, or Jesus knew, that's why he didn't enter the tomb. He decided to stand outside the tomb, and he chose a situation where everybody knew that Lazarus was indeed dead. That's why he believed. And he stands outside the tomb and says, Lazarus, come forth. And after you have seen this as a scribe, as a Pharisee, your next step, is to look for someone to betray Jesus. Hey, then you small, your boss is still your promotion. You are so angry, you are bringing fire on the person's head. Hey, sister, brother, please relax. And I like to call this one the icing on the cake. Even the man who sent him, not only the red man, even the person who sent him, when he got to the cracks of the mission, the Bible said that, and God turned away from Jesus. Ah, 
the man who gave him the mission actually some people be have misbehaved so please go and die on the cross at the cross when he needed the father the most at the apex of his pain and the father turned his face away from him for the first time baptism he opened the heavens to say that was my beloved son in whom I will please the mount of transfiguration he opened the skies he said this is my son listen to him now when i need you the most then god had to turn his back on him ha <sighs> then jesus said my father my father hey you can you can feel the hurt you know because all through nowhere in the in the gospels is it recorded that jesus referred to the father as god especially in the gospel of john he always said my father my father my father my father even when he was 12 years old and they met him in a temple and he said oh joseph said oh small boy you have made us look for you about three days he said don't you know I must be about my father's business. So one of the first words of Jesus was my father. <laughs> When he was doing miracles, he said, I can only do what I see my father do. Yeah, yeah. He said, what the son has no other desire than to do the, the works of his father, but you are of your father, the devil. But on the cross, he, oh, he forgot he was his father. He said, my God, my God. Ah, why? have you forsaken me i thought we were doing this together i thought we were in this mission together why have you forsaken me we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched so when you come to god that you are left at the altar i've been dating a guy for seven years he has wasted my life and you are crying and you are also angry and fed up of life He was a man who lied to you, so you can understand. But this one, God, if a man is rejecting you, man, they will have weaknesses. But it's not man who is rejecting you. <laughs> the uncreated creator, the one both of you were God together. And I remember there was this incident that happened at work. We had a new HR, and apparently this HR is a very young lady, very, very young lady. And I don't know, HRs, I don't know, it's like, they, I don't know, but I don't know what they are taught in school, but they feel like they are the boss of the staff because they represent the staff to manage them. Then there was a particular lady who was the HR senior in school. And just thinking that if she has any issue, she has to go and see the HR. It's just boring. <laughs> It just annoys her. Somebody you went to school because you went to school two or three years before the person. You just feel so big to approach the person like, ah, this small girl, my junior. How much more God He created people and the people he created are now the ones spitting on his face and now the ones lashing him. Thinking that that was worse, the two of them who were enjoying their position as God has now turned his back on him. And for the first time, God was no longer his father. You remember when we were reading in Hebrews, he said, this day you are my son and this day I am your father. <laughs> But that moment, for the first time in eternity, He was no longer his father because now Jesus had become sin and he cried, my father, why have you forsaken me? Tonight, our word is simple. We are encouraging you that you have a high priest. He knows, he understands it because he has gone through every possible heartbreak, rejection, denial, loss, pain, every possible ill feeling you can ever go through. He has gone through it and worse that his sweat stained blood. Because of this experience, he qualifies 
to be our high priest. So let's see what it says in the, the verse before it. That's the verse um, 14. That is Hebrews 4, verse 14. It's saying that, seeing them, we have this great high priest that is passed on to the heavens. Now, because we understand the high priest illness of Jesus, we are supposed to do two things. One of them is this. Hold on fast to the profession of your faith. Ha! It is because we have a high priest who has gone or has passed on to the heavens. Because of him as my high priest, hold on to the profession of your faith. Let me see what the NIV says. He says that, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into the heaven, Jesus, Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Ha! Ah, because of what Jesus has experienced, sweetheart, never change your confession about your faith. Never for once change your confession. I see how many of us have become so indifferent about sin. I always say this thing that when we were young or when we were younger, if the word about fornication comes, we are so strong to refute it. But it's like as we grow older, we begin to come up with excuses and caveats. Oh, you so maybe the two of you are in a committed relationship. Or maybe the two of you, well, he knows my father, he knows my mother. How is that a guarantee? He knows your father, so what? <laughs> oh, he comes to my house, so what? Oh, as far as we are serious, or so what? How is that a qualification? How is that a qualification? You are now changing the profession of your faith. The very same things you believe in when you are younger, now you are changing it. He's saying that because we have a high priest who has passed on to the heavens, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. If you are saying God is going to promote you, let God be the one to promote you. Stop conniving and working things out negatively. When you know the same person that says that blessing does not come from the east nor the west, but from the Lord. So why are you doing what you are trying to do? Why are you hating and envious and jealous and backbiting people? Are you not the same one who said that promotion is from the Lord? Are you not the same one who says you live to please the Lord? Why are you now living to please people who don't even know and don't even know you because of social media? Why have you made yourself a captive of people who hurt Jesus and not get most? One, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. And the next one is in verse 16. He's saying, let us therefore approach God's throne of grace boldly, boldly. I love this one so much. He is saying that because we have a high priest that has experienced the very things you are experiencing and more, be confident enough to approach God boldly. Be confident enough. So it also means accept God's solution to problems. So remember, the antidote to affliction is prayer. So sometimes we are going through hard times and they tell you, keep praying. Don't dismiss us. Don't tell us, you don't know what they're saying. I've been praying, sir. And so what? Pray again. Jesus said a parable to the end that men always ought to pray. We know you have prayed about your mom. We know you have prayed about your job. We know you have prayed about your health. What do you do? You still keep praying with thanksgiving. So he said that because of this high priest, because we know we have a high priest who can empathize with us, let us keep praying. Let us accept God's solution to problems. So when the Bible tells us, do not be wary in doing good, don't say because somebody has done me evil. 
I'm going to be stopped. I'm going to reduce my good giving. Oh, because a church I belong to, the pastor used my tithes to do this. So me now, this, I'm not going to pay my tithe. I'm not, so I'm not going to give my tithe. I'm not going to give my offering. Me, I'm not going to give towards it again because they don't use the money for this. So that because we have a high priest, we have a high priest, accept his solutions. I'm praying for us all that we will experience the comfort of the scriptures. Accept biblical solutions to the problems you are facing. Do not feel like these things are archaic and outmoded. This is why you are experiencing the things we are experiencing. It's because we constantly reject God's offer. And tonight, this is a simple message from God to us. We have a high priest who understands the situation you are going through. So when he's giving you an answer, please accept his answer. When you are going through pain and you keep praying, just like Papa Paul, he said, three times I beseech the Lord to take this away from me. But all that God said was that my grace is sufficient for thee. And I would like to end with this note. I am recently, about three weeks ago, there's this relationship show I listened to on, on radio in the evening. So I was working behind my laptop and I was listening to this show. Then it's a, it's a show they do during the week. But this particular day, they invited younger people because the question they were answering was about young people or younger people, if I should say. People like, let's say, 25 to 35. Then at the tail end of the program, this woman called, an elderly woman called, and she was complaining that Charlie, the man she married, Charlie, 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 she was in the hell in the marriage. And you know, the, the host is an elderly man, but the young guy on the show was very quick to respond. It was like, oh, you know what the Bible says? That we should keep showing good in our situations that even an unbeliever husband can be turned, you know? And the woman was like, young man. <laughs> I love, like, the way the woman relaxed for the, the guy to finish talking. The woman was like, I've been married for about 30 years. She was in her late 50s, almost 60 years. I've been married for 30 years. All these things are telling me, I was told by my pastors and whoever. And he's saying that the husband is dead. <laughs> so we didn't even know that information when she called. But she's saying that because of the ill treatment, she she endured in the name of do not divorce and love is long suffering and blah, 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 blah. All the, in quote, the Bible things we see. She has a condition. She mentioned the name of the disease. Some long name, but it's something like a stomach problem and ulcer. She's saying that she's going through pain. Even the man who caused the pain, the man is dead. So all over 30 years of praying for the husband, nothing changed. Nothing changed. In fact, now she has children she has to take care of. She has a health condition she's battling. And you are here telling me what um, um, an unbeliever husband can be. Why do you go turn my situation around for 30 years? Like, and the woman was explaining that even in all those 30 years that she was being ill-treated, she never for once relented on her faith in God. So maybe she was a church elder. She was always giving, praying, and doing all those things. The, the, the radio station became quiet. Like, there was nothing else you can see. <laughs> then the host of the show was an elderly man. And he just, like, stepped in. was like, let's just pray for you. Like, that's all you can do. And I like the way the guy prayed. He was like, I've forgotten the, the very words, but it was something like, may the Holy Spirit just comfort you. Like something simple, because the man realized that all the biblical solutions we are saying, endure, love suffers long, love is patient, love never feels. The love has feels, it's good. <laughs> because the husband is dead and he didn't change. 
Eh? She served the Lord. She did everything. Not that you know some people will say they did everything when you know that in their hearts that they are doing something else. She said all this time, she never for once insulted the husband, always serving him food, even though he was maltreating and using the money, all everything. And there are situations like that. Upon all the good that Jesus did, some people still rejected him to the extent that even when he resurrected from the dead, they went to pay money to the guards to keep their mouth shut. But you see, at these times, sometimes our words, there is no scripture you can quote that can really solve the person's problem. In all those times, only you what you can say that, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace and obtain mercy and say, and find grace to help you in time of need. Because the unfortunate thing is that there are some thorns in your flesh God will not take away, but he will give you the grace to go through. Unfortunately, there are some things we will have to go through for our whole lives, if God will be. But in all these things, you should know that you have a high priest who understands your feeling because he has experienced it. I want us to spend some time in prayer. Even as our word has told us, come boldly. The hymnist says that, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Every burden of disappointment, of delay, of frustration. People have been ungrateful to you. People have been who you have helped, have just maligned you, they have gossiped, have been to that backbited, and you are just getting fed up of human being. Jesus is saying that, come unto me, or you are burdened and heavenly, and I will give you rest. Our high priest is calling unto us as we are listening to this podcast. He's saying that, I know your burden is heavy. Give it to me. Give me your burden. Come to the throne of grace. Give me your burden. Your burden that you are carrying in your relationship, give it to the Lord in prayer. The burden of the health of a loved one, give it to the Lord in prayer. The burden of a breakthrough in a job. You have finished school for four years and there's nothing good. And just when you think that something good, the finance minister came out and said that the payroll is full. <laughs> give it to the Lord in prayer. You have heard that which the Lord will open a door for you. It has been four years, five years after school. And you're almost 30. You don't have nothing. How much do you think about getting married? You give it to the Lord in prayer. For we have a high priest who can empathize with our weakness, who can empathize with our vulnerability, who can empathize with our disappointment in life. Bring it to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for everybody, including ourselves, Lord. You go to temptations of diverse kinds, diverse kinds of things, but we should be of good cheer. Father, I pray for everybody that is carrying a burden. I pray that we will release our burden at the feet of Calvary, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that from henceforth may we experience the comforting ministry of the Holy Spirit. For as the songwriter says, that you will be wiped away in every tear. As the writer of Revelation says that, and there shall be no more tears. Father, wipe away every tear from our heart. Father, we pray that may you exalt the faint in heart, Lord. Those who are going through a trying moment, may your grace continually be available for us, Lord. I pray that may you hold on firmly to this faith we profess in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow. Wow. I just, I can literally feel the Bible hugging uh, I have a high priest. I have a high priest. We have a high priest. 
God bless you so much for being with us. Hopefully next week we we'll start a series. It's a long time. It's a very long series of series. We are believing God for this. And as Paul said, we are also telling you, pray for us. That God will continue to give us ways to share, to have discussions about the Bible, to help us to live lives that will please Him. So see you next week. Invite your friend to listen to this podcast. A friend who you know has a tongue in his flesh. This is a word for you. It's a word for me. It's a really big word for me. I have a high priest. So remember, this week and even as the year 2021 is coming to an end, make sure you give him your very best and to make sure that you are not just giving God your best, but the only thing you owe anybody is love. See you next week. Bye-bye.